0: You can take off your dancing shoes because our intro is so fun (laughs) and so fire. Uh, (laughs) We would like to welcome you to Fruit Loops. Thanks for listening to us. Fruit Loops is a podcast about true crimes committed by people of color and their victims that we don't hear or know much about. Contrary to popular belief, not all serial killers are white. Did you know that, Beth? (laughs) i did know that (laughs) i didn't know that when i when we first started this and it turns out there are many well-documented cases of serial killers of color and fruit loops is a podcast all about them we will take deep dives into the lives and fascinating crimes of serial killers uh and true crimes committed by people of color and their victims that the media and entertainment commonly leave out because the news is racist <laughs> and
1: uh we are Wendy and Beth. She's Wendy, I'm Beth.
0: We are mm-hmm. not journalists,
1: investigators, or psychologists. Just mm-hmm. a couple of gals interested in true crime. Mm-hmm. Also, the opinions expressed in this podcast are just that our opinions. Please send any questions or comments to Fruit Loops Pod at gmail.com. Or mm-hmm. leave us a voicemail at six oh two nine three five. 6294
0: That's right. Now, before we get into our listener letters, who are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about Lam Corwan, also known as the Jar's murderer. So, um how, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Oh, good. I spent Thanksgiving at a friend's house cuz uh-huh. um you know, my daughter lives in North Dakota, my son went to a friend's house, so uh-huh. you know. I just uh, I usually go to a friend's house anymore. So, um, I went to a friend's and I made a uh, sweet potato pie cool. using Patty LaBelle's recipe that somebody po- posted in our group. Yeah. Amen. In our Facebook group.
0: Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, me, oh, my.
1: And it was it was delicious. Isn't
0: it better than pumpkin?
1: Yeah, Way better. Yes. I oh. thought it was just more flavorful than pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is kind of bland.
0: Oh, my God. Keep keep the pumpkin pie and the pumpkin spice latte to yourself. Your I, no, I am not involved, not interested. I'm so glad you had some and then you liked it. Yeah, was, and I, my friend really
1: liked it, too. And uh, <laughs> what she actually said was she's pissed that nobody ever told her about sweet potato pie before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> See, white people, you, just, you don't know. You no, don't know until you know. No, no you see, things, you don't so. know until your black friend tells you. So, <laughs> um, I'm so glad. Is there any leftovers? Uh, no, it's all oh, gone. Okay. <laughs> I'm get in my car and come work. uh So, uh, I- well, I'm glad you had a lovely Thanksgiving with Patty LaBelle's. Uh, sweet potato bucket How about you? Um, so we went uh to Oceanside, California, and it was awesome. So you know how I feel about vacation. I yes. fucking hate it, but <laughs> um <laughs> this was fun. I mean, like my my family knew knows how much I hate it, and so this time they were like, we're gonna try to make it as as little stress for mom as possible, and they succeeded. Awesome. So I got to I got to sleep in. Um, I didn't have to, um, you know, I'm always double checking, triple checking. Does this person have a sweater? Does this person have a snack? Does this person have, you know what I mean? So there's all this wrangling that I normally have to do that I didn't have to do. Um, we, We went to the beach, we got you know, seashells. It was just, it was just a lovely time. We saw my kids got to see their cousins. I got to see my favorite sister-in-law All and, right. um, <laughs> um, my son, my husband got to see his brother and my, my mother-in-law was there. We, um, so it was like a mini family reunion. So it was a lot of fun, very relaxing. Um, and now I need to, um, detox. <laughs> yeah, I need to do, I need to do a cleanse. There's, just, there's so much, so much in my system that ch- shouldn't really be there. <laughs> But uh, I need to. I I, gotcha, I, gotcha. I need to. I need to. Cle- I need to cleanse. Too much. Too much gluten. Too much. Too much uh, carbs. You know, all, all you the know, things. So all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so, uh, yeah. So now we're back, everybody. So uh, let's uh, let's check our mailbag, shall we? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Monica emailed, and she mm-hmm. said. I just have to say, I love your show. I'm not completely current, but I'm so excited to finish the rest. I would consider myself well-versed in true crime, but have already found that you have covered a few that I had never heard of. And that makes me super excited. I love the research that Beth brings to the table and absolutely adore Wendy's spunk. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) Great job, ladies. Keep them coming. So, <laughs> oh,
0: it's to you miss Monica. <laughs> um, well, this next letter comes from Sue, she's one of our patrons and is uh, in our Facebook dis- discussion group. Um, she said, Your podcast is worth supporting, so thank you, Sue. I also love that, uh, love the interaction on the Facebook discussion group. Oh, and I never had an interest in the royal family until Meghan Markle, I love her too. And I cried watching the royal wedding, she said. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) thank you for fucking with us sue we see you boo (laughs) um so thanks everybody uh for listening to the show and for continuing to rock with us um keep those letters and um comments emails keep them coming we love them now it's time for a quick ad break and we'll get into the story when we come back so we would like to invite any listeners who have a business to advertise to do it with us. For more information, please email us at fruitloopspod at gmail.com or check out our website at fruitloopspod.com.
1: Today we are talking <laughs> about Lam Korwan, also known as the Jars Murderer, also known as the Rainy Night Butcher, the Rainy Night Killer, and the Hong Kong Butcher. Mm. Lam is Chinese, and he lived and worked as a taxi driver in Hong Kong, and he holds the distinction of being Hong Kong's first
0: recorded serial killer. Thank you for making that distinction, because yes, society is very old, right? They're (laughs) compared to compared to China, America is a toddler, so yeah, (laughs) yeah. so there, um, I'm sure have been many more. Uh, The jars. Right, the jars murderer. Let's get into some stats, Uh, AKA, you know, Beth did a great job doing all the AKA. So I will get into that again. He again is known as Hong Kong's first recorded serial killer, and um, my understanding is that given how, as I was saying, old Chinese civilization is, is that there was, uh, in fact, serial killers before the 1980s, as early as 200 BC, long before the American FBI profilers came up with the term to describe serial killers. Um, so shout out to um, Akri Bunai from uh, the Memories of Murder podcast. Um, he uh, uh, mentioned Liu Peng Li, uh, and that was a second century BC Han prince, and one of the earliest serial killers cited by historical sources. And he enjoyed hunting humans for sport. Lamb core. Hmm. Um, the subject that we will be discussing today. Uh, Lamcor Wan had at least four female victims. And we say that because he took pictures and video of his victims' mutilated bodies, and it looked to some like the body the body parts photographed came from more than four victims. Um, and here are the list um that we know of. Chan Fung Lan, female, age 21. Chan Wan Kit, she was age 31. Uh, Leung Su Wan, female age 29. Um, Leung Wai Soom, age 17. His known victims were age 17 to 31. He struck at night. And it just happened to be on evenings that were raining, hence his one of his nicknames. Um, and his M.O. was strangulation. Then he took photos of their nude bodies, dismembered them, and preserved their sex organs in Tupperware containers at home. Um Yeesh. Yes, yes. Lamb was apprehended August 17th, 1982. And this was... After he attempted to develop some photos at the Kodak store of his "quote unquote" projects, Eey. yes, <laughs> not very smart, <laughs> not very smart. So where did, where did this guy? What? Let's get into his beginnings, shall we?
1: Sure. Um, so Lamb was born on May twenty second, nineteen. Wait a minute, that's not right. Was it? it says nineteen ninety five.
0: Oh, okay. It's got to be something let me look, else. Let me
1: yeah, look real quick. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. That's before his crimes. And then he went back in time. <laughs> wait a minute.
0: He went back in time. He was born in 1955.
1: Okay, so Lamb was born on May 22nd, 1955, in Malaysia. When he was growing up in Malaysia, his father used to beat him and his mother. He once hit Lamb so hard that the boy was knocked unconscious and left him with two black eyes. The abuse stopped when Lam was in his teens, and he moved to Hong Kong with his brother and father. And I don't really know what happened with his mom. Uh, he She may have stayed in Malaysia, but she was no longer in the picture. Right, no longer
0: in his life. Um, Lam was a loner and had trouble making friends at school. His electronic chess set was his closest friend, and he took it everywhere he went. His first incident with, uh, you know, running with the law happened in 1973 at age 18, when he used a knife to force a woman in a bathroom stall and groped her. He was sentenced to 102 days of treatment in a psychiatric hospital.
1: At 24, he had never had a girlfriend, had no friends to speak of, and worked as a taxi driver, preferring the night shift. He continued to live in a family home. Sorry. He continued to live in the family home in Tokwa Wan, sharing a room with his younger brother. But they rarely saw each other because everyone was very busy working.
0: Let me get some sweet love, sweet love <laughs> on the night shift. Um <laughs> Lamb always had difficulty socializing with people and girls. He was a virgin and never had a girlfriend. And in the late 70s, he collected pornographic magazines, but he was so embarrassed about someone seeing him buy them that he ordered them from overseas, I think in England. Yeah, in England, because uh,
1: Hong Kong was a British colony. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. But That makes sense. Anyway, yeah, so (laughs) he also took photographs of the images in the magazines because I guess the magazines weren't enough. <laughs> mm, interesting. So he took pictures of the pictures.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this guy was a little strange. <laughs> his dad, uh, His family, yeah, just a little. His family mm-hmm. had no idea about his pornographic stash. He kept it under lock and key. Uh, nor did they know that he was rephotographing the pictures in the porn magazines.
0: I feel like that would have been a cry for help if somebody had seen it. If somebody, found I don't that, know. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, do you want to? Hey, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> uh, overlap, are you? How is your spirit? What is going on? Um, when he grew tired of his pastime, he bought a Polaroid camera and began snapping pictures under the doors of women's toilets and changing rooms until he became frightened of the irate women who chased him down the stairs.
1: <laughs> that would be really funny if it wasn't so awful. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I, I, I mean, can you imagine somebody filming you while you're taking a poop <laughs> i mean but, uh, i I, right. I don't get any privacy when i poop because i have small right. children <laughs> um but just the but idea of somebody taking a poop, yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it's <is> weird um <laughs> yeah it's really weird and there's there's been cases where men have like uh hidden cameras like those spy mm-hmm. cameras like in toilets yes yeah.
0: I like, don't understand. So the,
1: it's yeah, men are weird. I'm not trying to kink shame, okay? <laughs> I'm not here to kink shame anybody. But that is a crime, right? Yeah, it is a crime. Yeah, that 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 ain't right. <laughs> that ain't
0: right. Hip hop air horn because it is not right. <laughs> so <laughs> when did this all happen? When? Where? Let's paint the picture.
1: So this started, or this was going on in Hong Kong in the early 1980s. Hong Kong is now an autonomous territory, but at the time was still a British colony in southeastern China. Its vibrant, densely populated urban center is a major port and global financial hub with a skyscraper-studded skyline. It's known for its service industry and was becoming an economical powerhouse. It had one of the best police forces in Asia and was one of its safest places.
0: Oh, we should go there. Um, Central, the business district, district features architectural landmarks like I.M. Pei's Bank of China Tower. Hong Kong is also a major shopping destination famed for Bespoke Tailors and Temple Street Night Market. The population is about 7.4 million uh, and the uh, overall recorded crime rate rose from 407 per capita in 1963 to a peak of 1600 in 1983, um, I read some suggestions that the crime rate uh, was so low. I mean, compared to um, like us, because we're terrible, right. um, due to the homogeneous population, strict gun laws, large, um, effective police force, heavy surveillance, low unemployment, and social safety nets.
1: In Hong Kong, similar to the USA, alleged criminals are presumed innocent until proven guilty, but there's no formal right to bail. Murder and rape cases are tried in front of a judge and jury.
0: Okay. Um, it is a, again, pretty homogenous place. And by that we mean most in Hong Kong are Asian. There aren't a lot of white people or black people or Latinx people, unless they're playing on the basketball teams. (laughs) Um, (laughs) about 90, about 96% of Hong Kong's population is of Chinese descent. The majority of which are Cantonese speakers. Remember Wayne's world? (laughs) Yeah. You learn how to say pretty in Cantonese.
1: (laughs) In China, the surname or last name of a person is spoken first, followed by the last name. So Lam is this guy's last name, and Kor
0: is his first name. I think that's pretty neat, actually. Yeah, it is. Um, so I'm just going to call you Williams for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Williams Beth. Yes, Williams. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into the timeline. Um, <laughs> uh, so just before 4 a.m. on February 3rd, 1982, Lam picked up a female passenger in his taxi outside of a restaurant in Sui, an entertainment dis- district featuring nightclubs, restaurants, and shopping. The woman's name was Chan Fung Lan. She was 21, and
1: she worked at the Chinese Palace nightclub. She had gone for drinks and a snack with her sister and a couple of friends after work, but had gotten drunk, so her friends called her a
0: taxi to get her home safely. Very nice of them. Partway through the journey home, Chan told Lam to stop. He pulled up at a service station, and she opened the door and vomited onto the street. Afterwards, she was feeling better, so she told Lamb she wanted to return to the restaurant where her friends were. A few minutes later, she changed her mind again. How dare she! And how dare she! And uh, told him to turn around, uh, and that she wanted to go home after all. And
1: something in Lamb snapped. He pulled over and strangled Chan with a length of electrical cord.
0: Um, why is that in your car? <laughs> yeah that's huh? that's a good question
1: <laughs> it was 5 a.m. the time he usually finished his shift the street was deserted so he carried Chan's body across it and into the block of apartments where he lived past a sleeping watchman <laughs> oh, that's wow. crazy yeah. inside the apartment he hid the body under the sofa Okay, and then lay in bed waiting for his family to get up
0: uh huh. All right. <laughs> He's
1: creative.
0: He is creative. But Beth, think about the couches that you have in your home.
1: Can a person fit underneath any of them? No, but, uh,
0: you know, maybe they had a futon. <laughs> Maybe, (laughs) you know, somebody could fit under our food time. That's true. Okay. Uh, When he heard them leave for work, he covered the bedroom floor with plastic and placed the body on top of it. He used an electric saw to cut up the corpse and took photographs as he worked. When he'd finished, he wrapped the head, limbs, and torso separately in seven packages and put them in the trunk of the taxi. That
1: night, he dumped the body parts in the Xingmen River. On February 12th, a construction worker spotted Chan's head in the river as he was standing on a bridge. Her legs were found that day as well, and her arms were found the next day. Police were unable Yo. to
0: initially identify the body. Holy moly. That first murder was not planned, but... Apparently, he enjoyed it because Lamb then purchased scalpels and formaldehyde with the hopes that the dismemberment would be easier the next time and to maximize the preservation of the body parts he wanted to keep. And the next murder was well planned.
1: On May 29th, Chan Wan Kit, age 31, ended her shift at a nightclub. She bummed a cigarette off of the doorman of her club and told him that she hated the rain. She then hailed a taxi and Lamb picked her up. They engaged in idle chit-chat and talked about how she hated the rain.
0: I too hate the rain. <laughs> Me too. But it's no reason to kill anybody. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, then at a stoplight, Lamb climbed into the back of the taxi and strangled her to death with an electric cord, um, took her body home. Lamb video videotaped himself performing necrophilia and cutting up the body. This was the first time he ever had sex. That's so gross. Um, I'm not here to king shame <laughs> anyone, but he uh, called, he named the video, Get Ready, Serious Secrets. Yeah, pretty serious, all right. <laughs> <laughs> pretty serious.
1: Uh, when Chan's body was found, Hong Kong authorities realized that they had a serial killer at work. Newspapers noted that both murders
0: had occurred on rainy nights. Then on June 17th, 1982, Lam picked up Liung Sao Wan in his cab. She was 29. Uh, she was a waitress at a nightclub. He again strangled her with an electrical cord, had sex with the corpse and dismembered it he set up a video camera on the bunk bed that he shared with his brother and used a self-timer on the camera to take pictures and video. He called the video, get ready for this one, Operation Rainy Night. Where's his Academy Award? Uh, this is such a weird story. <laughs> I, I know. Everything
1: about it is I know.
0: Weird. It is so st- I mean, everything about it is weird and it it is no wonder that he wasn't able to carry out his crimes for, for too Too long long, of a spree. This is just too, this is too wild. Yeah. Um, And And he's doing all of this. Violent
1: too. He's doing all of this in his family home while everybody else is at work because he works the night shift. And I imagine, you know, he had to carry the bodies into the apartment complex every time. so. I don't know, the night watchman was sleeping
0: every time. I don't know. It's just so weird. I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, a a smell or maybe uh, you notice him acting different. I don't know. I just, I I don't know. It's baffling. So.
1: So, anyway, (laughs) um, Chan's head was found by a fisherman and police found her torso on a riverbank nearby missing its internal organs.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. She was last seen on a rainy night getting into a cab. On July 2nd, Lam picked up his fourth victim, Luang Wai Sum. The 17 year old student hailed his taxi after a sixth form dinner. What is that? When she decided not to continue on with her classmates after the meal. Is is that does that mean a 6, six course dinner? It's no, it's it's a grade, but I don't know
1: what that um, translates oh! to.
0: It's uh Oh, okay. So like her British speak. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So uh, okay, so uh so it's like like maybe like her senior year dinner or Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So all right. Well, uh her friends put her in a cab to make sure she got home safely. Uh didn't turn out that way. <laughs> no. No, it didn't. It was 9:30
1: p.m., much earlier than his previous killings, and he kept the girl handcuffed in his cab for hours talking to her about family, religion, and life. And I guess he was just driving around until 4 o'clock in the morning uh, when she she become exhausted and fell asleep in the back of the cab. And he strangled her and took the body home.
0: Oh, my gosh. This poor girl falling asleep and then, like, waking up to being strangled somebody (laughs) strangled being strangled that's terrifying um he again filmed this dismemberment and necrophilia of the young girl while filming his video a lamp fell on the girl's dead body and caused burns on her thigh he called the video get ready for this banger of a title look out harvey weinstein the fourth operation (laughs)
1: Uh, it was the 80s and there were no digital photos. So I just imagine that. <laughs> just <laughs> it's weird. Imagine it. It's- this
0: whole story is weird. Can you believe it? <laughs> it's so weird. Oh my god! <laughs> so back back
1: in the eighties, uh, in order to get your photos processed, you had to take them to a photo lab. <laughs> Sorry, photo lab. He'd had an narrow escape one time when a technician questioned him about the photos of dismembered limbs and cross sections of joints. He's like, "Uh, what's this,
0: dude?" Mm-hmm. But um, can I talk to you for a second? Can I have some questions. What The hell is this? <laughs> uh, excuse <Yeah>. me. <laughs> I need a supervisor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But he accepted Lam's explanation that he was a university lab technician and the pictures were for medical research.
0: Okay. But Lam wasn't so lucky on August 17th, 1983. The technician did a double take as one does (laughs) when he saw the photos of a naked woman, some of her whole body, others close-ups and they seemed staged like pornographic pictures
1: and he might have assumed that they were uh, a couple's intimate photos if it hadn't been for a couple of things that stood out one was a burn Mm. mark on the woman's thigh and another was of a severed breast she also looked suspiciously like a 17 year old girl who had been recently reported missing
0: uh whoa (laughs) So, so this this was clearly his undoing um and on august 17th 1982 lamb was arrested by plainclothes police officers when he returned to pick up his photos he was 27 years old at the time and when confronted lamb claimed that the photograph's actually belonged to a friend of his who worked on a ship and who would be meeting them very shortly. Don't worry, police officers. My <laughs> fake friend is on his way. When the man did not appear, the police accompanied Lam to his parents, first floor apartment on Quay Chow street and surprised his family as they were eating dinner and they performed a search of the apartment. The police located
1: an old ammunition box in the bedroom that he shared with his brother. The box contained pornography and more photographs of body parts, videotapes, and several Tupperware containers wrapped in tape. I read in one place that it was masking tape and another that it was duct tape. But in any case, Hmm. uh, they were wrapped up in tape. (laughs) And uh, so they Hmm. opened them up and found that they contained women's sexual
0: organs preserved in formaldehyde. Do we know, I'm just curious, do we know where he kept the Tupperware? Like in the, in the was it in the fridge? Or I think like it was in the, the ammo box. Or... Okay. Okay. Um, do we think he did anything with them after he preserved them? I do we have know? no idea. It didn't say anywhere that
1: he did, that he admitted to doing anything with them. He might've just wanted to yeah. keep them. As like trophies. Yeah.
0: Souvenirs. Yeah. Souvenirs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Inside one container was a severed human breast. Uh, Another container had a human vagina. And it was these Tupperware jars. uh, I guess Tupperware containers in China are called jars that inspired Lamb's moniker. Although the local media dubbed him the rainy night killer, we mentioned this earlier, because he picked up his victims under the cover of darkness and rain. The
1: number of body parts and amount of pornographic material made it seem unlikely that it was the work of one person. Police also thought that Lamb's photographs were actually of 15 different women. 15? Yeah, 15. Although only four have ever been identified.
0: The ones that we Jesus Christ. talked about. Yeah. Another factor was the size of the apartment, which was very small. Police didn't believe that the uh, family could possibly be unaware of the activities of Lamb. And they suspected that they had found a family of sex killers. Lamb, his father, and brother were all arrested and kept in separate cells. Mm-hmm. The
1: next morning, handcuffed and accompanied by two guards, Lamb was taken to see his brother. Who lashed out at him, kicking and screaming. It took several minutes to separate them. Lamb promised his brother he would tell the truth and then confess to the murders, revealing to police all of the grim details.
0: Lamb did not feel remorse about the first three killings since the women were bar workers. <laughs> okay. He told police that the women were useless to society. And his fourth victim, Luang Wai Soom, was different. Uh, She was a 17 year old student and he actually liked her. And then he killed her. (laughs) And then he killed her. I have not, I don't know why you would kill somebody that you liked. I mean, there's people that I don't like or that you might not like who you might wish you might think about things upon. You might think about killing or hoping that terrible things happen to them, but not somebody you like. Yeah. It's just crazy. Well, yeah, this is a crazy story. This is a very crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I, I got to say, it's one. So you and I listen to a lot of true crime like podcasts and you you like read true crime books and stuff. And I love true crime like shows. I've never heard of this guy before. I hadn't um, either. So yeah, new one on me. New. Uh, new is good. Yep. <laughs> new is the new black. Um, <laughs> New is the new new. New <laughs> is the new new. Oh, would you believe it? <laughs> so, uh, so he gets arrested, and then what happens, Beth? He goes on trial. He right? goes
1: on trial. When Lam Corwan went to trial for his crimes. The details were considered too disturbing and upsetting for women to hear. So only men were allowed to serve on the jury. And I also read that a female police officer was taken off of the case because it would be too upsetting. I didn't hear what (sighs) she had to say about this, but I'd have been pissed.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) If anybody needs to be involved in this case, it is a woman. Yeah. In April
1: of 1983, a jury of seven men found Lamb guilty of four counts of murder, and he was given a death sentence that required him to be executed by hanging.
0: However, the death penalty was abolished shortly after his conviction, so Lamb's sentence was commuted to life in prison. He is currently serving his life sentence at the Maximum Security Prison Facility at Chek Peak. When speaking to psychiatrist Dr. William Green, Lamb stated that he ate part of the intestine of one of the victims, the one who had its intestines missing, remember? And that his motivation was not, primarily sexual but that it was God who told him to kill the victims Mm. I don't think God is involved in any of this (laughs) (laughs) no
1: Not at all. <laughs>
0: so who, where are
1: they now? Lam Corwan is now sixty-three and serving a life sentence at the Maximum Security Shek Prison
0: on Lantu Island. Uh his family was unable to sell their apartment. Oh, that's too bad. Um, by the way, <laughs> I like my husband and I, uh, you know, we watch the news and stuff. Right. And I always I always think if somebody got killed in a house that you could probably get a really good deal on the house yeah, and I would totally buy it. Um But I'm the only one in my family who, who feels that, who way. Feels that but, way. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it, yes. the, the house
1: that Travis Alexander lived in, in Mesa, you know, Jody Arias uh-huh. killed him. Uh, oh yeah. I think that was sold for a pretty good price.
0: Cheap, 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 yeah, cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, what's the big deal?
1: Yeah, the family that bought it. Yeah, you know, they they
0: fixed it up and they like it. So, (laughs) I would totally do it. Um, by the way, that's more killers, um, in my home state than I'm comfortable with. (laughs) Uh, Baseline killer, Jody Arias. Mm -hmm. Who else we got? Um, there's plenty. I just can't think of any right now. (laughs) The desert makes people crazy. So anyway, his family was unable to sell the apartment. So they had to keep living there. Um, they hung an image of Chung Kui, a uh, vanquisher of ghosts and evil beings in Chinese mythology above their front door. And here's a fun
1: fact. There have been several movies based on this story. There's one called Really? Yeah, there's one called Dr. Lam, that's Lamb. That's L A M B instead of Lam, L A M. Hmm. Uh it was sounds very
0: um they, they whited they whitened it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Although um it it was filmed in 1992 and it actually did star a, a famous Chinese actor named Simon Yam. Oh my. I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if they have a lot of white people in there or not. I don't know. Uh, but supposedly the oh, plot yeah. closely oh. follows the accounts of this true story. So if you want to watch a horror film that's based on this story, it sounds like that would be a good one to start with.
0: Yeah. And if you're listening and you've seen it, um, tell us about it. Yeah. Um, what you thought of it, if you liked it, is is it worth our eyeballs watching it? And Please is it? Was it whitewashed? <laughs> was it whitewashed? Please tell us. Um, I have a guess, but I don't know. So, um let's see. Let's oh, 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 what, what, let's talk about what made what made Lamb snap? Made him snap. Um, I think that the head injury at the hands of his father may have had something to do with it. But um also when that girl in the cab like challenged him, like, uh, I wanna go here. I wanna go yeah. there do this, do that, Yeah, that, that made him angry. And he must, he just like snapped. And uh, I wonder if he ever saw his um, abused mom fight back. Hmm. Um, you know, if that was something, I, I, I just, I, my mind went to yeah. that place. Like, um, uh, so abuse is complicated. Abuse uh, w- in families is very complicated. It's complicated. They affect some people. And so I just wonder if that might've been something that he was like, No, it's not supposed to happen this way. Right, right. Um, This this woman did, and he might not have known, like, what to do. Like, he just might have been at a loss of a loss for words, a loss for action, a loss. Like, what, what, what is this? Yeah. And um, also, killers we've seen in the past who engage in necrophilia do so. Because they have an an irrational and intense fear of rejection by women. And then women can't reject you. So True. um, Yeah. And this guy
1: was apparently severely lacking in social skills. Kind of reminds Mm -hmm. me of Jeffrey Dahmer and Ed Gein. Who are both loners who Mm. wanted companionship but had zero social, social skills and actually did not want to deal with the actual human interaction that comes with real relationships and the possibility of rejection. So just like you were saying, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he, this girl's like, take me here, take me there. He he doesn't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so lamb was similarly lonely like, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer and Ed Gein. Um, and seem mm-hmm. to want to spend time with women, but not like actual real living women. <laughs> and I can't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can't say that I... just got a cat. <laughs> yeah. I can't say that I get necrophilia, but it seems like the people who engage in it have a crippling difficulty in relating to other human beings, which is... I'm being kept in obvious here, but
0: yeah. Well, I mean... It's a crippling difficulty of dealing of relating to other human beings. Like I, I have, um, I f- have anxiety, right? Like when when I get into social situations, and so um, pe- I think people think that I'm like a really outgoing person, but I'm actually like an, an extroverted introvert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I so relate to that it's, as it's, well. Uh, yes, and so I guess. If maybe if he he hadn't developed his uh, extroverted introvert, um, right. maybe maybe that's wherein lies the problem is that um, you know you you and I sort of develop like these um, I mean like a shell or fake, outer outer personality alcohol, like a shell yeah. yeah. An outer personality, yeah. and maybe maybe that button or that um that's that, that skill the, or that whatever just never got yeah. cooked in him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have
1: you seen um my friend Dahmer? No. no. What is this?
0: Where is it? <laughs> when can I
1: watch it? Huh? <laughs> it's it's. I actually had to pay for it because it wasn't streaming anywhere. Oh. Um, it was on Amazon Prime, oh. but I, I haven't finished it okay, yet well, because I will be getting that. It is so. Uncomfortable. Um
0: Excuse me?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh sign me up.
1: <laughs> well, um What's it called? It's called My Friend Dahmer. And it was actually it's based okay, on a graphic right novel written by a guy that Jeffrey Dahmer went to high school with. And um they were friends, but they weren't really friends, you know. It's
0: um Yo, this is eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It looks like it's really good.
1: Well, like I said, it's 4.99 it's,
0: on Amazon Prime. It
1: it, it was I'm really it, hard for me to 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 watch. I've act, I've watched it in like pieces really? because his social uh skills are so lacking mm-hmm. that it it's uh I don't know. I it, it's really hard for me to watch. It's really difficult.
0: Oh. Is it, it's just a, it's just a movie. I know. It, yeah. I mean, it's based, minutes.
1: it's, it's, but it's based on a true story. This guy went to high school with him and, right. and was like kind of friends with him. And it's based on, uh-huh. you know, his experiences with Jeffrey Dahmer and, uh, things that happened and his, just his social skills are so bad. It's just, <laughs> it's painful. <laughs> it's it's, it's painful really uncomfortable to, to watch.
0: Yeah uh-huh 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 and how he's he's trying
1: well, to be friends with people he's trying to fit in and he's just doing it all the wrong ways and it's just really difficult to watch
0: oh my gosh well when you say difficult to watch and uncomfortable I come a run you're so like I oh can't wait to, I, I can't, can't wait to, like, I can't wait my <laughs> <team in. laughs> what something terrible <laughs> I could watch yes <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I can't wait. Um, thank you so You're much. <laughs> We're not in the shout out section no, of our show, but no, I can't but, wait to watch this. <laughs> yeah, if you wanna if you wanna experience
1: crippling uh, <laughs> difficulty in relating to other human beings, that's that movie's got, <laughs> got tons of it. <laughs> it's
0: got this movie has everything: <laughs> uncomfortable social situations, serial killers. <laughs> you know, like Stefan from uh, SNL. Yeah, <laughs> this club has everything. <laughs> okay, I need to stop and move on with the show. Mm-hmm. All right, so are are we at our take takeaways? Takeaways. Yeah. Okay. So, um, this happened in a different part of the world, but people are people. This is a man who was a sociopath. I'm not a doctor, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> he knew he was do- what he was doing was wrong, um, but didn't care as evidenced by his statements to the authorities. Also, I feel like we've been led to believe that Asia has a low crime rate, but I think um, it has more to do with what the government tracks and... And I don't think that they track everything. Again, it's a homogenous environment full of blind spots. Also, I wish that um, there was more information out there about these victims. Um, uh, this is a true crime podcast about true crime perps and their victims. And I couldn't find anything about these women other than the little bit that we shared about what happened on the nights that they um, were killed or where they worked. Um, We know a fair amount about the first victim, but not the rest. And I'd love to share their stories. So um, I'm just putting it out there. If you guys know anything about any of his four victims, I'd love to um, hear more. So add us, please.
1: Yeah, it was uh, difficult to get any information on the victims. Uh, and different mm-hmm. places listed different job titles that they had. So mm-hmm. I don't know even what they did for work. Cause like one would say she was a waitress mm-hmm. and another would say she's a go-go dancer. And so I just said she worked in a mm-hmm. nightclub because I don't know what she did in the nightclub. And um, mm-hmm. Sim Sha Tsui, which was the the district, had a lot of nightclubs and restaurants and stuff. Uh, and mm. apparently was also notorious for sex work. And a lot of the women who worked in the nightclubs were sex workers. But we don't know if that's okay. the case with these women because it didn't say. And um, yeah. it doesn't really matter. They're human beings. Um, but mm. exactly. from his comment that they were useless to society, that makes me think that he at least may have thought that they were sex workers and oh that pisses me off <laughs> I'm
0: yeah, yeah i'm triggered
1: <laughs> and uh <laughs> the government stepping in to basically shelter women from the re- reality of this crime taking the police women off the case and only allowing men on the jury wow. also pisses me off I mean it it was the eighties, oh, but that seems so antiquated, like from the late nineteenth century. And past the smelling salts, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> I'm
0: going to faint! <laughs> oh my. <I> got <laughs> Clutching my pearls. My virgin ears.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my dude, <do> Claire! Um, <laughs> no, I just it's, it's you're you're right. And it, what's what's crazy is I don't know if the world is any any is that much better than I guess maybe it's a little bit. It's better a little in better terms of how we treat still... women, but a little bit better, but still, <laughs> still yeah. But we're still, still
1: dealing with a lot of the same. problems. Senate yeah.
0: hired a white a woman as their shield, basically mm-hmm. to question Doctor Ford, yeah. like. Come, did can... you watch the Anita Hill hearing? I did, I did, and because my mom was watching mm-hmm. it, um, so I, it mm-hmm. happened in '92. I was in second grade, <laughs> and I did watch it, and I, 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 um, I don't remember having an opinion about it. Yeah, I just remember the a lot of the grownups had opinions about it, and yeah. all the grownups in my life at the time were black women, and they were furious. Yeah. Well, um, if you
1: listen to it again now, you'd be furious too, because they just, they treated oh her like yes. crap.
0: They treated her like an animal. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this theme before, is that uh? there's this idea in American society that 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 black women are like, just like sex animals. Yeah. Like, we just, we just love sex so much and we just can't get enough of it. Just, <laughs> just give me that dick. I just love sex. But we're... <laughs> <laughs> We're human beings. <laughs> and if it's not fair, it's just not a fair characterization, but it is a prevalent one, um, albeit un, um, I, I don't think people think it on purpose. I think it's just, uh, I think just, I think. A stereotype. I, yeah. uh, I have to say it. I think the stereotype is just there, and then people just assume um, that it's true without without no – How many of those white guys on the Senate Judiciary Committee, even know black women who don't give them coffee or suck or (laughs) or suck? have to suck up to them.
1: You know what I mean? I thought you were going to say something else. They don't.
0: I was going to, but I had to stop myself. (laughs) But I I mean, you know what so it's not true, but you have to you have to make like an effort to get to know people who are different than you. Yeah. That's why we do this show so we can learn stories about people who are different than us, um, in the vein of, you know, in the in the spirit of true crime. Right. So right. anyway, that was a long tangent, but <laughs> um I just it just ugh, it drives you crazy. Men yeah. need to do better. Yeah, need to do a lot yeah. better. So, if you love true crime and you don't want to die, here's a tip for you. <laughs>
1: Uh, So, this segment is not intended to be victim blaming. We thought of this segment because I read somewhere that a lot of people listen to true crime because they want to know what they can do to be safer. But in my mind, this is not meant to blame the victims. It's just learning from other people's mistakes. Sometimes we have no suggestions for a particular episode and we'll just offer up generic tips.
0: So guess what, Beth? What? I don't have anything to add on this segment. It's all it's you, It's all girl. Me. All right. It's all you, Well, mister! this is, <laughs> this is <laughs> actually not really a tip.
1: Um, I just wanted to share something that I read online, written by a man named Jackson mm. Katz, who is an educator, filmmaker, and author. And he created a gender violence prevention and education program called Mentors in Violence Prevention. That motivates both men and women to play a central role in solving problems that have historically been considered women's issues, such as domestic violence, sexual assault and harassment. And uh, this is what he said. I draw a line down the middle of a chalkboard, sketching a male symbol on one side and a female symbol on the other. Then I ask the men, what steps do you guys take on a daily basis to prevent yourselves from being sexually assaulted? At first, there's kind of an awkward silence as the men try to figure out if they've been asked a trick question. The silence gives way to a smattering of nervous laughter. Occasionally, a young guy will raise his hand and say, I stay out of prison. This is typically followed by another moment of laughter before someone finally raises his hand and soberly states nothing. I don't think about it. Then I ask the women the same question. Mm. What steps do you take on a daily basis to prevent yourselves from being sexually assaulted? Women throughout the audience immediately start raising their hands as the men sit in stunned silence. The women recount Mm -hmm. safety precautions they take as part of their daily routine. Hold my keys as a potential weapon. Look in the backseat of the car before getting in. Carry a cell phone. Don't go jogging at night.
0: Lock all the windows
1: when I sleep, even on hot summer nights. Be careful not to drink too much. Don't put my drink down and come back to it. Make sure I see it being poured. Own a dog. Carry mace or pepper spray. Have an unlisted phone number. Have a man's voice on my answering machine. Park in well-lit areas. Don't use parking oh, garages. Oh, I wish we
0: had to stop. <laughs> I wish this list wasn't so long. I know.
1: <laughs> Don't get on elevators with only one man or with a group of men.
0: Vary oh, my route home okay. from
1: work. Watch what I wear. Don't use highway west areas. Use a home alarm system. Mm. Don't wear headphones when jogging. Okay. Avoid forests or wooded areas, even in the daytime. Okay. Don't take a first floor apartment. Oh, no. Go out in groups. Own a <laughs> firearm. Meet men on first dates in public places. Make sure to have a car or a cab fare. Don't make eye contact with men on the street. Make assertive eye contact with men on the street.
0: So that's the list. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> um, that's, that's just the short, that's list. short list. That's I'm sure oh, there's my more. Yeah. oh my god. Oh my god yeah so uh um, there's a whole bunch you, of
1: tips in there
0: <laughs> everybody needs. there's a lot there's a lot of not get murdered tips in there um but it's crazy i'm like looking at this list and i'm thinking a lot of these things i i have to do out of habit yeah
1: i know um, i was looking through it too and i'm like oh I do, so, I do that i do that i do that but i don't I think do about all that it. stuff yeah. but i don't
0: even think about mm-hmm. it yeah if this is Crazy and dudes don't have, yeah, to, they don't even think about um, it, which is even crazier. Um, thank you so much, Beth. That was a really, really good, tip. you're welcome. Um, it was a good long ass <laughs> list <know>. of tips, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it needed to be said. So thank you so much. So, um, this next part of our show is where we get into some serial killer or crime news. Um, I found, uh, let's see. So a couple of years back, on the news, uh, a bunch of white people turned up dead, <laughs> uh, <laughs> execution style, um, and uh, I guess uh, eight family members in an Ohio um, town were killed. Uh, and authorities announced just this week that four members of a different family were arrested and accused of carrying out these murders. Um, the crazy. Ohio I, it is it was wild. Like when I just I remember watching the news story, like. What like what the heck? This is out of nowhere. Eight, now it's like eight whole pill, people, and
1: bicoys, you
0: know. Yes, yes. <laughs> those other people. white people who were crazy yeah, and killed they each other. other crazy <laughs> white people. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> the attorney general said that uh the suspects, a husband, wife, and their two adult sons, were arrested in connection with the Roden family murders. The four suspects arrested were identified as George Billy Wagner the third. Angela Wagner and sons George Wagner IV and Edward Jake Wagner. The four murder suspects were each charged with eight counts of aggravated murder, one count for each person killed, each with death penalty specifications. Um, Investigators announced at a later press conference, they announced that on on Tuesday, this week, um, the Wagners had close business and family relations with the Roden family before the April 2016 murders, according to the Cincinnati Inquirer. In in fact, one of the victims was the baby mama of what? one of the killers. Yes. Holy and she was Hannah. shot in the head as her infant oh. slept in the bed with her. Awful, Holy awful, shit. awful. Um, and uh, last year, authorities announced that they were looking for the Wagners and in, for information on them. And um, let's see. Edward Jake Wagner has a young daughter, Sophia, with Hannah Road, the one who was he, he shot. Was the infant? Her. Yeah, the infant is uh. Sophia. And Hannah Roden was killed. Um, the Wagners were not initially named as suspects or persons of interest, but uh, they moved to Alaska for some reason after, huh, after they strange. killed these people, and then they moved back to Ohio. But the authorities caught okay, up to them.
1: <laughs> I know. I mean, moving to Alaska. Okay, all right. You kill somebody, move to Alaska, but to
0: come back? <laughs> no, that's come strange. Come back? What for? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess they had business um, with. Um, like marijuana and stuff, or like right. grow. They grew it in their house, and um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know those details, but marijuana was involved. Um, and autopsy reports released earlier this year revealed that the sheer brutality of the massacre, uh, and uh, one of the victims actually tried to fight back. So, wow. uh, tragic story. Um, yeah, and, that's really sad. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, what do you got, Beth? Oh, I got something really sad too. Oh, okay. Let me get a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, this one uh, was posted by Sue in our Facebook group mm-hmm. uh, a story about an ER doctor who was murdered by her ex fiance. Oh, no. Yeah, her name was Tamara O'Neill, and uh, she was shot to death outside of the hospital where she worked in Chicago. And <gasps> I recall reading about a shooter situation outside of a hospital in Chicago earlier yes. uh, last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then I didn't see any follow up. And mm-hmm. um, uh, then Sue posted that article, and I put two and two together. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Dr. O'Neill, she was a, a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, might explain why there weren't a lot of news reports. Um, because why
0: again? Be, it starts but with the <laughs> is. Thank you. Yes, that's right.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Doctor O'Neill was devoted to making sure her patients felt cared for, and she felt very strongly about serving the underserved. Mm-hmm. She was a loving and caring daughter, sister, and aunt who was adored by her nieces and nephews. Also killed uh, were Samuel Jimenez, a father of three who had joined the Chicago Police Department last year, mm. and Dana Less, 25, a first-year pharmacy resident. Uh, the shooter was also died at the scene, and they don't they uh, the article didn't know if uh, he was killed by police or if he should, killed himself, but oh, okay. he was uh, Dr. O'Neill's ex-fiance, and we do talk a lot on our podcast about uh, domestic violence and this was a domestic violence
0: situation. Yeah. um, That's kind of, that's, that's, I think that's uh, uh, pretty common in domestic violence situations. Uh, It's not, it's not inconceivable that the person who is um, committing the domestic violence, uh, it could escalate to uh, and lead to um, death. Murder. Yeah. Murder. Yeah. Yeah. so, uh, in happier news, uh, we would like to give some shout outs to any content by people of color or about people of color or any true crime goodies. Um, and I can't believe we haven't talked about this before. Yeah. <laughs> At- <laughs> Atlanta monster guys. The podcast is fucking dope. It is the perfect podcast to binge because there are only 10 episodes. Um, I had never, ever, 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 ever heard of Wayne Williams before. Um, um, but I guess he was accused of killing at least twenty-three little black boys, and uh, got convicted of killing two. Um, it's an investigative journalism podcast hosted by Payne Lindsay. He's a white guy from Atlanta, though, so he's got a little bit of spice and flavor. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> the series takes an in-depth look into the infamous Atlanta child murders. Um, the podcast was co-produced by Tenderfoot TV and the House Stuff Works Network. Um, it is an Excellent. Listen, uh, just I might I, 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 might even go back and listen to it a second time. It was that good. Um, race is a very important part of the story. Um, and what's interesting to me about this case is that uh, most of the black people believe that the Klan was responsible for the murders uh, and white people are pretty confident it was Wayne Williams. Um <laughs> I don't think that he did it, but then again, I also thought OJ was innocent, so I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, and if you recall, (laughs) this was the podcast that uh, spawned this podcast.
0: Yes, yes, because we were at the water cooler talking about this, and I was like, I'd never heard of a black serial killer before, and Beth was like, oh yes, they exist, they're real, (laughs) and then we were like, wait a minute, how come we we haven't heard any podcasts about them, and then we were like. We should do it. So we yep, did. That's exactly
1: what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and I and I am one who thinks he's guilty. <laughs> now, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think he he's guilty of all of the murders that took place. But I I do think he's guilty of at least the two that he was convicted of. Okay, agree so. to
0: disagree. <laughs> 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 I think the police framed him. But <laughs> but I was talking to you about how like uh that's one of the differences between um black people and white people. Be- white people is uh white people trust like um systems, trust the police the justice more. system yeah. and the police, right? And um, yeah. People go there
1: just dope. <laughs> Yeah, so. Yeah. So. What you got? Well, uh, I've given a shout out to this podcast before, FBI Retired Case File Review. The host is Jerry Williams, and she is a person of color and a retired FBI agent. And she interviews other retired FBI agents, and they talk about their cases. And uh, just recently, Jerry interviewed a woman named Asha Rangappa, Mm-hmm. Uh, she's another retired female agent who is also a person of color, Ooh. and they talked about Russian interference and counterintelligence, and I thought it was really fascinating and explained really well what the Russians are doing to mm-hmm. interfere with the U.S., which I think a lot of people find confusing, and they just lay it all out, and it's it's uh, really good. It's not political. Oh. Okay. Just explains what exactly is going on and why the Russians are spending so much time on social media, basically trolling us. <laughs>
0: mm. Anyway, mm.
1: the episode is number 142, and I highly recommend giving it a listen if you're interested in that kind of thing.
0: I'm gonna have to add that to my queue. Thank you. You're welcome. So, that was a great recommendation. I, I actually, for real, i looking it up right now on yeah okay. yeah <laughs> Anyway, I, I didn't realize
1: it was going to be as interesting as it was i was like glued to my seat it's called fbi retired case file review fbi retired case file review there it is okay yep. and it's, it was uh, like uh, not the most recent episode but the one before that episode
0: 142 i see it right there asha rangapa I can't wait. Thank you, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) So um, where can the people
1: find us? Our website is fruitloopspod.com. Our Facebook page is Fruit Loops Pod and our discussion group is Fruit Loops Pod Discussion on Facebook. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Fruit Loops Pod and links to our sources will be in our footnotes. If you want to support the show, you can send us a donation on the Cash app, which you can download to your phone, or you can find online at cash.me forward slash dollar sign fruit loops pod, or you can become a monthly patron through our Podbean patron page. This will help us pay for things like our website and pod hosting. There's no minimum and no
0: commitment. Even a dollar would help. That's right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, this is a weekly podcast, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, like live guys, it's crazy out there.